0: You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from gangrenation.com. Our show today is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season is different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. On today's show, we are here to recap another Jets loss. The Jets are now 0-9. They lost last night to the New England Patriots at MetLife Stadium. The final score was 30-27, to and I learned something in this game. I learned that I still have the capacity to be annoyed by this football team, and I'm surprised by that because I did not think... I could care at this point because this is a horrible football team. My expectations were low. I was expecting to lose this game going into it. But the way they lost it just is unbelievable to me because I re- they were in control of this game. They were in total control of this game. They had a 10-point lead in, in the second half. For once, the offense was playing well, and the team just managed to self-destruct down the stretch. And the most amazing part of this is that even as they self-destructed, it seemed like the Patriots did not want to win this game because the Patriots continually failed to take advantage of Jets' mistakes. Jets got going in the first quarter. They had they had a 12-play field goal drive to start things. The Patriots answered that by marching down the field in seven plays on their first drive. It was capped by a Cam Newton five-yard touchdown run where Bryce Huff, the rookie, made a bad play on his own read. I mentioned in the preview show yesterday that. My eyes were on Jordan Jenkins because frequently edge guys are targeted when the quarterback has the ability to run. I guess I got that right, but I got the wrong guy because Bryce Huff made a bad play. You know, undrafted rookie, what can you do? The two teams uh, exchanged punts near the end of the first quarter. Then the Jets kind of took control of the game. Flacco found Brashad Perryman for a 50 yard touchdown pass on the first drive where the Jets got a field goal. Perryman dropped a ball in the end zone. He probably should have caught for a touchdown. And from that point on, Perryman played a really, really strong game after really, I, I, thought, I thought he should have had that the ball on the first drive. Jets had to settle for a field goal. After that point, though, he, he was the player the Jets were hoping to get when they signed him from Tampa Bay this year. Perryman had a pair of touchdown catches in this game, including that 50-yarder, and beyond that, it was a really good play call because just before that play, the Jets had called a, a quick hook pass to Denzel Mims, and you know, one of the things I always talk about with play calling is what you want to do is you want to put a tendency out there for the opponent and then take advantage of that tendency. The Jets, again, had called a hook for Denzel Mims where he kind of turned around after after selling a deep route. So what happened, I think, was J.C. Jackson, who was defending Perryman, thought that Perryman was going to do the same thing, that he was just going to turn around and come back to the ball. Instead, Perryman ran a little fake. He kept going. You know, good play calling by the Jets. And it's been rare over the last few years where I can say the Jets had a well-called game on offense. For the most part, that was true last night, where the Jets put tendencies on film, and then they broke them. You know, Jets went to play action frequently in this game. The Jets added a field goal after that, so they're up 13-7. Patriots added a field goal to make it uh, 13-10. But then, just before halftime, Flacco hit Jamison Crowder. Uh, It was a beautiful throw, a beautiful toe drag. It was a 20-yard touchdown pass, and the Jets were up 20-10. Jets were up 20 to 10 in this game heading to, to halftime. It, 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 things were looking good. Flacco was playing really well at this point. He looked like the Joe Flacco of the, of the early Ravens days. I always think this is just one of the theories that I have that inside every good player, even when their best days are behind them, even when they're old, even when they're no longer productive, there's always one great game lurking somewhere that they can summon. And I, for the most part, for at least three quarters, that was the case for Joe Flacco last night because Flacco played. Flacco looked like his old self, his, bald, his early Baltimore self. Uh, the Patriots began the third quarter with a 13-play touchdown drive to make it 27-10. But the, then the Jets put together an, an, another 11-play drive. Flacco found Perryman for a 15-yard touchdown Perryman's second touchdown probably could have been his third touchdown Perryman ended the night five catches 101 yards two touchdowns essentially this is what the Jets were hoping for all year from Brashad Perryman you know when the Jets let Robbie Anderson go this was the guy the Jets were hoping they'd get they were hoping they'd get Anderson type production at a cheaper price and it has not worked out at all it finally looked like it started to work out last night and Jets are up 27 to 17. So it feels, again, it feels like the Jets are in total control of this game. And then the team just does everything in its power to throw the game away. Patriots go on a 17-play drive following this. Jets finally get a stop in the red zone. And then they commit a penalty. Too many men on the field on a field goal attempt. And the amazing thing, again, is the Patriots can't take advantage of it. Patriots have to settle for a field goal. So it's 27-20. And... You're still in okay shape. I mean you're still you're still got the lead going to the fourth quarter. And you still have the lead deep into the fourth quarter. First play after the Patriots kick their field goal. Flacco throws a just a boneheaded interception into double coverage. He Throws the, a deep ball into double coverage. He had a check down wide open. Jets are in a position where they're not they don't need risky quarterback play. But Flacco just falls apart in the fourth quarter. So the Patriots have the ball. They're down twenty seven. To twenty, and they put together another eleven-play touchdown drive, and so now the game's tied. So the Jets have blown this thing. Cam Newton scores from one yard out, tie game. Jets still have the ball though with a chance to win it with around two minutes left, and they just do nothing with it. They go three and out. Flacco looks brutal. I mean, Flacco takes a, a horrible sack. He looks erratic. I mean, it was it was a, the, the sack Flacco took on second down on the Jets' last drive every bit as bad as, you know, Sam Darnold's worst plays. And that interception he threw earlier, every bit as bad as Sam Darnold's worst interception. Flacco went from looking like the guy who was the Super Bowl MVP eight years ago to Sam Darnold at his worst in the fourth quarter. The Patriots then then took the ball and even though they did not have much time, they got the ball with under 50 seconds left. They're still able to put together an eight-play 45-yard drive And the big play was Cam Newton finding Jacoby Myers on the second-to-last play of the game, a 20-yard gain. And for the most part, I think you can... I don't have issues with Greg Williams' game plan, but I cannot get over the fact that Jacoby Myers got open on that play because that's the guy Cam Newton was locked into all night. Cam Newton was looking for Jacoby Myers all the time. How the Jets did not try to take away Jacoby Myers on that play is just beyond me. And there was a third-and-20... Earlier in the second half, where the Jets, again, the Jets were in total control of the game. They were up seven. This was on the touchdown drive where New England tied the game, and Newton found Myers on third and 20 for a 19-yard gain, and they were able to convert the fourth down, the fourth and one that followed, and that that's how they, they scored the touchdown. How Greg Williams did not try and take away Jacoby Myers in big spots is beyond me, because again, he's the only guy Newton was looking at for most of the game. And for whatever reason, 14, uh, Myers had 14 targets in this game of Newton's 35 passes. So in key spots, you knew that's where he was going with the ball. And the Jets did not do anything to try and take him away. You know, t- tough to figure out. And after Newton found Myers to get uh, the Patriots in the field goal ran, range, Nick Folk, the former Jet, hit a 51-yard field goal as time expired, and the Patriots won. The Jets somehow managed to blow a game that they were up to by 10 points in in the second half they fall to oh and nine on the season and again you know I understand it if you don't want to see the Jets win I understand if you want to see Adam Gase get fired which by the way this team fell apart this team totally fell apart in this game when you have this sort of team-wide collapse it is on the coaching because the first sign of adversity in this game, this is a sign of bad teams with bad coaching. The first sign, the first sign of adversity, the team collapses. Bad, awful coaching job. You want to say you want Adam Gase fired? I understand. You want to lose because Trevor Lawrence? You want Trevor Lawrence? I understand. Losing like this though will always bother me because this was a game that was there for the take. It was a game the Jets should have won, and. They found a way to lose it, and this was, I mean, as bad as this season's been, I think that this was the worst loss of the season. Some things about this season are normal, like the Jets losing games, but other parts are different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Locked on Jets podcast recapping a totally inexplicable loss by the New York Jets to the extent any Jets loss is inexplicable. The Patriots beat them last night 30 to 27 on Monday Night Football. And I'm sure many of you disagree with my analysis because I know a lot of Jets fans are rooting for the team to lose because you want Adam Gase fired. And by the way, after that kind of performance, heading into the bye week, how can he not be fired today? I I would love to know that. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. But at 0-9, heading into your bye, where you have some extra time for for a new coaching staff to prepare for the rest of the season, losing like that, I I just don't know how the Jets could possibly justify Adam Gase continuing to be the head coach at the end of the day. Because... That loss is coaching. There are losses this season where you can say, okay, it's part bad talent, part coaching. There are losses that you could probably put on the lack of talent because of the poor front office work that the Jets have done through the years that has left this team so lacking in the, in the talent department. But that, that, that was just a team that totally fell apart the first time it hit adversity. Everything fell apart. The even the veteran quarterback just collapsed down the stretch. When everything falls apart like that, that's on coaching. So if you want Adam Gase fired and you were rooting for a loss, I get it. And you probably, you know, maybe maybe your hopes will get Adam Gase fired because that's the kind of game that makes it very difficult to, to keep a coach. And again, you know, maybe you want to lose that game because you want Trevor Lawrence. And I I get it. My rebuttal to that would be: It's very unlikely we're going to get into a situation where Jacksonville finishes one and fifteen, and the Jets finish one and fifteen. That's just not the way the league works. And I don't think the Jets are going to finish zero and sixteen. Again, it's very difficult to go through the entire season without winning a game. But if the Jets are to finish zero and sixteen, and again, maybe that's what you want. You know, I've seen plenty of Jets fans who were happy with that result because they just want the team to lose. I I'm not in that group. But if the Jets are to finish 0-16, that's the kind of game that sets you on that path. One of the things that happens every year is there's some team that starts off undefeated. You know, they get get to this point almost every year. The team gets to, you know, late October, maybe this point on the calendar. And they haven't lost a game. And people always ask, you know, can they finish undefeated? And for the most part, the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is that you're going to have one game, one or two games a year where nothing goes right for you. And you need to get ridiculously lucky to win that game. I think the same thing is true of winless teams. You're going to have a game or two where things go really well for you. And you need to be really unlucky to lose those games. And that may have been what happened to the Jets last night. Now, you could argue that they weren't unlucky, again, that they just fell apart. But I think if you watched that game, this was the rare New York Jets game from 2020, where it really felt like they were in control of the game for the most part. It really felt like they were carrying the play for the most part. You know they, they actually seemed, it seemed like they had the, the right pieces fall into place. Flacco was playing really well. Perryman finally was looking like the player they, the team thought they were signing. And by the way, you know, one of the things that helps is when your starting receivers are all on the field for the first time all year. Now, this is not a great receiver group when everybody's healthy, but it's at least something you can work with. And I think that you saw a difference last night, and it will be interesting once Sam Darnold is healthy. It will be interesting if we just have all these guys on the field to see whether he can make anything happen. And you got a throwback performance out of Joe Flacco again until he fell apart down the stretch. And things things were in good we were in good shape and even though Cam Newton was completing a lot of passes he completed a very high percentage of his passes I mean you know at one point he he, he I think he had hit like something like his first 10 10 out of 11 or something like that he finished 27 to 35 but he was not challenging the Jets. The Jets were, letting, the Jets were manning up on the outside. Lewis Riddick on ESPN was calling for it, and Newton was not challenging him. He was pretty much just focusing on Jacoby Myers. And again, late in the game, the Jets should have tried to take Myers away because of that. They did not. But Newton was not taking what the Jets gave him. I mean, the, everything was lined up for the Jets in this game to win, and yet they still found a way to lose. And this is this really is the kind of game that and I, I still don't think it will happen because it's just so hard to go 0-16 in this league. Because the Jets will probably have another game like this that they would need to figure out a way to lose. But if the Jets were to finish 0 16, this would be the kind of game that would put them on this path. And again, I, I think it's going to be tough. I think part of the reason it's going to be tough is because, you know, in some areas the like wide receiver, the Jets are getting healthy. And I think Ultimately, when this team has its first stringers on the field at a position like that, it ceases to be like the worst team in NFL history. You know, there's a lot you can say. This, this may be the worst team in the NFL right now. This is not an 0-16 roster, though. Now, coaching comes into play as well. And again, we saw in this game, it's, it's, difficult, it's always difficult to quantify the role coaching has on a bad team. It's always difficult to say, you know, it's this percentage coaching, this percentage talent. And it's difficult to, to point to specific things where you can point to the coaching, where you can say that's the result of the coaching. But to me, when a team just totally loses its composure, that's on the coaching. You never see New England lose there. You, you seldom, I shouldn't say never, because there are, there are always games here or there where it happens, but you seldom see New England lose its composure in a pressure spot. You saw the Jets lose their composure last night. You know, the, again, uh, bless Austin committed a penalty that extended a New England scoring drive in the second half. You see the too many men on the field penalty on the New England field goal. You know, there were there was a coverage breakdown where Cam Newton missed Myers. He had him wide open. He overthrew him. Uh, there, there were just men Flacco down the stretch. And, you know, part of, you know, go back to coaching. I, I praised the game planning earlier. Once again, Denzel Mims, after a solid first half, Jets don't even try and get him the ball in the second half. It's like, you know, you always hear about halftime adjustments. The Jets' adjustment is to go away from a talented young player in the second half. That seems to to be the adjustment the Jets make in the locker room every week. Ultimately, what you saw was a team that seems like it's trying to do the virtually impossible because it's very, very, again, it's very, very tough to finish 0-16. But the Jets are certainly putting their best effort forth to go 0-16, and a game like that is how you can conceivably get there. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. They are easy to take in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. BuiltGo is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results, and it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo, B-U-I-L-T-G-O.com. Let's go. Locked on Jets podcast recapping another Jets loss. The Jets lost last night to the New England Patriots 30-27 to at MetLife Stadium on a Nick Folk field goal as time expired. The Jets blew a 10-point second half lead. They fall to 0-9 on the season heading into their bye week. For me, a frustrating loss. Maybe not for you. Judging on the fan reaction I'm seeing online, lots of people are just happy the Jets lost this game. I, I am not among them. I'm annoyed by that performance. But if we're talking about the silver lining from this game, I think I would go with the play of a couple of rookies. It's always tricky judging a draft class, especially in year one. People always try and give immediate draft grades. How do, how do the rookies look? It just does not work that way. We don't know how good a draft class is for at least three to four years. You know, most rookies do not contribute. And for the Jets this year, it's been especially tricky to judge because they've had so many injuries with this draft class that you really haven't been able to have any takeaways and that makes that makes it especially difficult because in a season like the Jets are having really you're looking to the future you're looking for hope for the future you're hoping that your young players look good and in many cases for the Jets young players they will be counting on in the future just have not been able to get on the field well it feels like the rookie class is finally starting to get healthy again there were some positive signs Denzel Denzel Mims another solid first half he ended the game with four catches, 60, 62 yards. Again, in the second half, it feel, felt like the Jets did not try and get him the ball, and that has become a recurring theme since Mims' returned from hamstring injuries a few weeks ago. And I also thought Ashton Davis, the third-round pick out of Cal, played a pretty solid game. You know, there are going to be some hiccups along the way, but Davis finished with five tackles. I thought he made a nice stop near the goal line. He seemed like he was active throughout the game. I think there are going to be, again, for both players, there are good, probably going to be games the rest of the way where they don't look that great. But you really, for rookies, I just want to see flashes. I want to see signs that there's talent there, that once they put the pieces together, they could be pretty good. And, you know, we've seen Makai Becton look pretty good for the most part this year. You know, I, as far as my expectations go, at least, I think Becton has exceeded them so far, although Becton less, left last night's game with an injury. The rest of the rookie class has struggled to get on the field. Finally, some things looking brighter on that end. And I thought a solid game for two, two Jets rookies last night. So at least, at least that, that's a takeaway. I think everybody can appreciate rookies looking pretty solid because for the Jets, it's all about the future. It's not about the present. The present is not looking very good. You hope the future looks better. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a good Tuesday, everybody. Send me your mailbag questions. We will do our mailbag show tomorrow on Wednesday.